cameras on me, let me run it. I'ma take it to the house like legislation in my spaceship through the ozone, windmill into the rack, final destination. Hello, everybody. From Koreatown, it is the Ozone. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Omar Miller, your host. I'm here with my brother from the same mother, a semi-world champion of Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm here. Terry Miller, also known as the Icons. And when they put the cameras on the Dodgers, what did you see? You saw the icon standing there right behind the Astros <laughs> dugout, giving it up. Was I in the Houston Chronicles? That's all I want to know was in that Chronicles. You see the Chronicle dog. <laughs> Oh, man, we got a lot to cover this uh, this round, folks. Actually, the murder happened this weekend, and uh, and, and Terry's throwing a rally cap right now Waving with a rag. orange flag. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Deontay Wilder avenged that loss pretty quickly, uh, like the champ said he would do. So he did what them champs do, and he had some interesting words after the fight for Anthony Joshua uh, that seemed very scripted, He uh, which meant that he was prepared to win. Uh, we have some some more some more stuff going on in the world of football. More with the controversy, more with the protests, more people speaking out. Got a little controversy between Prime Time and Tony Romo to speak on. Basketball, the Cavs aren't what they normally are, which is very interesting. But let's just start with baseball because this will be the last we get to speak on it for a little bit, and it is our favorite game, and it is a game so fun. It's played on diamonds, ladies and gentlemen. Why do we even have to talk about it? Come on. You're I, don't, I don't want to even talk about it. Your 2017 <laughs> champions of Major League Baseball of the world are the Houston Astros. Which I called from the beginning of the year. I mean, from the first day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really impressed. I can't front. And this isn't the kind of thing that you call from, this isn't the kind of scenario that you call because you call them every year. No. And then eventually they have to do it. No, he was, he, I, I have to give credit where credit is due, folks. The icons were serious about that orange, and I think he has stock in Jim Crane's uh, oil company, maybe. I don't know what's going on, but he came in wearing a Dodgers hat. What a jerk. <laughs> in memoriam. In memoriam, because <laughs> the Dodgers. All right, let's just talk about it. A very similar scenario I felt like happened to the Dodgers. Last time we were on the mic, game six was about to happen. I thought the Astros were going to win game six. I thought they were going to win game six as well. And they let down Justin Verlander, to be yeah, honest. they did. They Again. really let him down. Again. Justin Verlander could have easily been the MVP of the series yeah. if they scored more than two runs in his 13 innings, 12, yes. 13 innings. And they didn't. They uh, The Dodgers showed a lot of heart, actually, to pull out that game three. And um, I was I was really impressed. And I have to say, going into game seven, I was like, wow, the Dodgers are actually going to win the World Series? They, they, you know, they showed so much heart in six, they made me believe in seven. I did not believe. I was not a believer. I saw that, and and for good reason, because what I thought may happen did not happen, which is Dave Roberts took a page out of Dusty Baker's book, and his best pitcher, who happens to be the best pitcher walking for the past five, six years, he decided, in in relief. He, he decided to bring him in in relief. Yeah, why, why not? He decided to bring him in in relief, and I have LeVar Ball to ask, why he came? <laughs> Why? (laughs) I don't understand why Clayton Kershaw, and it was interesting because at the stadium, you guys might have saw me. I was waving a Dodger flag. They talked talked me into waving the flag on the dugout. Poor kid. Oh, man. And I would have had it if it wasn't for them mangy Astros (laughs) and that (laughs) damn mutt. (laughs) That damn mutt, George Springer and Alex Bregman. (laughs) Like, watch out, Scoob. (laughs) Shaggy was on the scene. Yeah, so... You know, we started the game, and what was interesting was they had a very iconic first pitch 
it was uh, Sandy Koufax, who's still in great shape. Yeah, by he the looks way. great. I mean, moves he looks like, like he might be, be able to still deal. He might be able to give you at least two. Yeah. And they had him. They had him help out Don Newcomb, who most of the time is in the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they threw first pitches out to Steve Garvey and uh, maybe Yeager. I'm not sure who other, who was the Jaeger other Meister, who, who was the I other legend. Was I was on the field. I got invited. It was awesome. Um, but what was interesting was they had all these clips that they were playing before the game of Sandy Koufax's heroics in the World Series, which are nuts, which are stone cold bonkers. Sandy Koufax, four time World Series champion, shut down the uh, the Minnesota Twins in the series in Game Five. Shut them out. Won the game one nothing on a home run from Sweet Lou Johnson. Then came back two days later and shut them out again in Game 7. In 72 hours, he pitched more than 16, 17 innings of scoreless baseball and what was his won pitch the count? championship. But who knows? <laughs> Honestly, his pitch count was low because he carved you up. But the interesting thing is, to me, I was sitting there and I got really excited because I was thinking to myself, oh, my goodness. They're about to pull a total whammy and they've announced you Darvish as a starter, but they're doing this as foreshadowing to let you know Dave Roberts is actually about to bring out number 22 to start the game, and we are in for a whole different game seven. Could have been a different game. I mean, you saw what happened in relief. But you know what? The Astros have confidence. They had confidence. They had confidence. That they can beat Kershaw as well, especially after they came back on him. Twice. Yeah. So twice in one game, yeah. So, it's but not, but if it's but if it's me and as a Dodger fan, but if it's I gotta me, go with my best. I have to. I always have to go with Clayton Kershaw. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't care how many times he blows the lead. Gotta, I need to see. I need to see the guy. The guy that strikes out two hundred fifty, three hundred guys a year. I need to see. Yeah. I, you need to beat him a lot. And so, and Darvish came out and stunk the joint up. And you know what? I have a I have a feeling. I, I want to speak on that because I don't even know if he stunk the joint up. To be honest, <laughs> what do you? The, why by, not? Listen to this. By the time I got to the seat, it was already two nothing, basically, <laughs> and that actually wasn't Darvish's fault. No. And this is what I mean: is that Darvish came out and in this beautiful, uh, in, in this beautiful humility that the Asian players have, the Japanese players have. He came out afterwards, you saw the thing on TMZ where they called him out and about at the Grove, and he was like, hey, I'm sorry. He apologized to the city in the same way that Tanaka apologized for his elbow being messed and up. Re-opted and re-opted with the Yankees. And <laughs> he didn't apologize about that. Um, he dealt. Push came to shove. Masahiro was ready. So Darvish comes out and gives up a, a double. And Springer uh, jumped on him quick. Springer jumped on him quick. He had his number, though, even during the regular season. Right now, George Springer had just about everybody's number. And uh and but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um what's his name? Uh uh Cody Bellinger makes an error because he's young and even though it's a play you have to make, the Dodgers came out flat, just plain and simple. That error scored the first run and it led to the second run. Then can't Chris, make errors in the in the seventh game of the World Series. But you can, check this out. Dig. Because then in the bottom of the first, Chris Taylor leads off with a double. Mm-hmm. And what ended up being the the you know uh, 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 foreshadowing was that the Dodgers were not going to get runs across that night, and it wasn't because of superior pitching. Well, the it Dodgers, was, the Dodge, I can't roll T. The Dodgers, the Dodgers literally got a leadoff double. Yeah, nobody moved him to third. 
That's not superior pitching. That that's bad baseball. Bad no, execution. no, that's come on. The, come pitching, on the pitching was enough to keep come you down. On, they held no, you down. No, that's not true. Yes, that's it is. not true. Yes, not for is. 12 runners on base. That's, that's shame on them. They couldn't get the job done. They couldn't hit the ball. I agree. That's so what, You just made but, my point. That's yeah, what I'm but, saying. But, the pitching, but the pitching it's, is the it's problem. Not, it's, it's not that Sandy Koufax was out there. It doesn't have to be Sandy Koufax. You can't hit the ball. You can't hit the ball. Which means that it's a problem with the hitters. It's not a problem with the pitchers. No, no, no. It's the pitchers who cause hitters problems. Nah, man. The Dodgers don't have hitters like that. Just like I told you in the beginning, Cody Bellinger would be exploited. Didn't I say that? I think we can run the tape back. <laughs> and he was well exploited. He had one, maybe two good games. When he decided to go the other way. Yeah, when he decided. And for some reason, he refused to remember that lesson. Well, I don't even think that it was just that lesson. What had happened was that he took advantage of bad pitches, and that's what you're supposed to do I in those situations. I don't, I don't. Because go back he, and look at those pitches where he got, when he had the opportunity. But when those guys executed those, those pitches against him, keeping the breaking ball low and in on him, he swung over it. Every single time, and that's but that's everybody. That's 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 not everybody though, because you can good, lay off them. They're not strikes for him. Yeah, but that's not executing good pitches. That's a that's the pitcher's pitch. What my point is 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 that he found success when he was willing to go the other way. So Charlie Morton hung a breaking ball. And he went yes. into the right, and he yeah, went yeah, to, yeah, 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 and that's yeah, where yeah. he got into the gap. That's when he got into the groove. Yeah, that's when because he got then into the after that he went deep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. On, on another on, hang, on a hanging on, on another a, hanging breaking ball. That was in. That's what I'm saying. That's that. Those are bad pitches. Okay, but at the same time, he when he got hits, I think he went three for four that game, that crazy he game. He showed out. He showed out. Showed up and, and showed out. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, won't he do it? And then and then uh, and then when he did that though, he him just like Jock Peterson, you would think realize, wow, when I hit the ball to the opposite field, I have success. I'm very successful. But guess what? I should hit the ball to the opposite field. It's hard to do that though in, a, in that little small set. Because this is the difference between the good hitters, the great hitters, and the I average agree. hitters. Because the, I agree. the great hitters make adjustments during the game, during, during the bats. series, during at bats, during you know, the bats. You're not you going to keep. Oh, okay. This is what you're trying to do. You're not going to keep and getting out Tuve out on yeah. the same pitch. And they did the same thing to Corey Seager though, because Corey Seager can't handle that low and inside pitch either. And they kept it there on him. And he was he struck out in in a big situation. He sure did. Didn't move the runners. Didn't move the runners over in so the seventh is, game of the World Series. So this is my point. That's my point. Is that's, that that's even, good pitching? Even got the pitchers executed. Even but even with that. The Dodgers had plenty of opportunities to come back in that game. They didn't want it. And they, and, wanted, and they, 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 they didn't just wanted somebody to give it to them. <laughs> That's not wanting it. That's not want wanting it. it. That's not wanting you it. You need it. You, you, you to, can't want it. You got to need it. You, you, That's what you needed have to it. go get it. George Springer went and got in the seats, he let the game all. off with a dub. Come on, man. Man, he's, he's MVP. MVP. He's a real MVP. <laughs> he's Kevin Durant's mom. Put the cameras on Yeah, he did that. Wow. And you know the whole series hinged upon him getting his act together. And in Game One, he after was the shut first, down. yeah, after the first and game, and after that, I tell you something that the Dodgers missed out on. I put it on uh, on Twitter, and nobody. Some people agree with me. Some people didn't. They really missed out on the veteran leadership of an Adrian Gonzalez, even if he wasn't playing, right? Because Adrian Gonzalez is a kind of hitter. He's a, he's a well above average hitter. Well above average. Even and in big time situations, you can I mean, bring him out and just let him, you know, forget just about like it. they bring out Carlos Beltran off the bench, who know? had a terrible bat to end game six. It was high cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, high cheese, like, yeah. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> That's the worst. He, he panicked. It's always terrible to the end of game. It's the worst to end the game. Like, oh, I you can't think wait about to get out that here forever. And so, and so, Carlos Beltran, sitting where we sat, Carlos Beltran was on the stairs talking to the young players in between every single inning, and he was talking to those guys. I imagine he was talking about different at bats and different scenarios, what they were doing to what you, what they're trying, how they're getting you, yeah. and and the Dodgers didn't have that. And Adrian but you Gonzalez, do though because Dave Roberts actually is good at that. 
Yeah, but Dave Roberts is managing an entire game. Yeah. That's so it's kind of tough. And who's that hitting coach that they have that helps Puig out? Turner because, Ward. Yeah, because Turner Ward actually speaks to those guys about that. It's just that you have to have the 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 talent to execute. Well, they did. Come on, man. Don't be ridiculous. You know the Dodgers have the talent. They, those kids have the talent. They're kids, they're, but that's, they're, that's the main they're, thing. They're kids. They can't execute right now because they no, don't have the George, discipline yet. George Springer didn't have the, he had one the game, talent. One game he no, didn't no. have the discipline. All, all playoffs except for when the World Series started. That's, that's, what, started. You, that's what you that's needed. What, well, no. You need it all the time, but I agree with what you're saying. Well, well the, dude, the dude's saying. numbers was bonkers the whole year. He was, he could, the numbers were nuts. Yeah, so he, he's been doing it all year. And yeah. then he got and then he got shut down. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. And Semi then, shut then, down. He didn't get then, shut down. Yeah, he got he got the shut Dodgers down. literally the offense Red, the got Red shut Sox, down. The Red Sox shut him down and, and the Yankees shut him down. He started to show out in that Dodgers series, which is when he needed to, but but he wasn't as consistent as say a Bregman or like a you know, like an Altuve, one of those guys. Or realistically, the real MVP that nobody's talking about is Yuli Guriel. And nobody's talking about Hello. it. Hello. It, and <laughs> we talked about how all world he was in the in the World Series preview. Yeah, Yuli just got marred. I mean, his whole his yeah, whole, his whole thing. Nobody's ever going to remember anything except for the the unacceptable, completely and totally unacceptable uh, slant eyed thing. Yeah, you know, which has nothing to, to do, do with baseball. <laughs> and but then that's terrible because he had a great World Series. He, he had could, great he playoffs. Could, his he, whole his whole playoff campaign. He was could honestly be the MVP. That's what I'm saying. I think I felt like. And because you can't when you start talking Springer. about clutch knocks, yeah, he hit a bomb off of Clayton Kershaw. You down by three? He ties the game up. Are you crazy? Yeah, he hit off of Severino. He hit Tanaka. You bring him out. <laughs> bring, bring him out. And see I what mean, happens. it really Judge saved the bomb that he hit off the. He Tanaka. sure did. Yeah, he he was a monster and gave you great work at first base. Yes. Sitting behind for all the home four games, uh, sitting right next to first base and being a former first baseman, watching his footwork, he gave you great first base work. First base work. It but, was but the truth of the matter is work. that he could play anywhere. Truth of the matter <laughs> is he's a third baseman, yeah. and and he's 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 over there doing his work. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, breaking it down, it was interesting. I wonder if Carlos Correa would have proposed to his girl if they lost. <laughs> Honestly, I think that he would have because he had the ring. He might have just he done it the in ring. the dugout <laughs> <laughs> on the bus ride home to try to light things uh-huh. up. In the middle of crying, man. But <laughs> would you marry me, dude? <laughs> but yeah, no. There's a uh, that was good. Shout out to him. He was actually he showed a lot of love. He showed love. Altuve showed love. Bregman just hit me on Instagram the other day, and uh, yeah, I, yeah. He should have hit you for throwing waving that flag. <laughs> he didn't see you, huh? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? I'm not an Astros fan. I couldn't care less about the Astros. Oh, yeah. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Why? Because I don't like teams with bad bullpens. <laughs> you, you don't like the world champs? <laughs> don't like the world champs. <laughs> don't like it. Even though I like the individual players. They were, man, those guys are great. And ownership was great. We sat next to the owners. They were all really, really cool. They sure were. Solid people. Uh, the the Ryans were really, really nice people. But it's a disappointing season now for the Dodgers because I don't think this is actually something to build on. No. Uh, so you, is, need to, you need you to you dismantle need to, that squad a little bit, huh? I don't think you dismantle the squad because they are really good. But there's guys that are going to have to go. Well, Gonzo's going to have to go because I don't think that I don't think that Adrian Gonzalez is a bench player, no. and I also don't think that he appreciated the way that the Dodgers handled the whole scenario because uh, the rumor was was that he actually wasn't hurt. They just told yeah. him not to to be a part of the team, yeah. which is terrible. Um, that's just bad for chemistry. I thought that they messed up without putting on um, uh, t- Granderson. I thought they, they could have used Cur- – Curtis is another guy that could have helped that them. That shows up in big-time situations. He sure 
it does. And he always has. Had and always has. Yeah, he might have had a bad season when he came over to Los You're Angeles. You're not going to keep throwing but, him low and inside curveballs and striking and him out. I tell you there. that much. Eventually, he's going yard. For me, I would get rid of Jock Peterson. Chase Utley's contract is up anyway, so he's probably going. I would get rid of Logan Forsythe. And I probably that would kid keep. That kid Coberson showed you he was uh, game. Yeah, I would keep Charlie Coberson on the bench. But you can move Cody Bellinger out there to the outfield and maybe bring up another. But then, see, the Dodgers messed up. Like I kept kept saying, they gave up they gave up that Calhoun. kid. Uh-huh, Cole Calhoun. Uh, not Cole Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun. <laughs> For you, Darvish. Now, you, Darvish is probably gone. I mean, he might have messed up his career. You know, he's going to get big money. But, yeah, because he's going to strike out too. Yeah, because he's going to strike out a lot of guys. But now, this whole thing about him not being a clutch player in the World Series is going to walk with him forever. Sure is, which, as we know, is not necessarily valid because he was a big time clutch pitcher in the World Baseball he sure Classic. Was. Now, I, I sent you that article that I found was really interesting. About him tipping pitches. That right? he was potentially tipping pitches. And what, uh, what uh, Reed Ryan told me was is that. The the Astros found out. I don't know if I told you this. Mm-mm. The Astros found out that Davinsky was tipping pitches, which would explain why Davinsky wasn't as effective as he was all season. Because sometimes he was completely unhittable. And therein and therein lies the the issue. I mean, guys, Major League Baseball players are so smooth as for what it is that 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 they're looking for. Mm-hmm. That it was a small uh, uh, pitch tipping that Darvish was doing. Any Very kind of tell. small. Any kind of tell. Any kind of tell. And you got a, you got 30 guys sitting on a bench just watching you. Not waiting counting scouts in the stands. Figure, yeah, not counting those guys. Just waiting to see. And if you look at the – it was on Business Insider. And if you look at the illustrations on Business Insider – it was very clear what he was doing. And what he was doing was when he was throwing a fastball, he would actually just put his hand in his glove and proceed to his windup. When he was throwing an off-speed pitch, he would put his hand in his glove and actually twirl the ball a little bit. They picked up on it, and they showed different at-bats where Brian McCann was clearly saw it, and then times when he didn't see it, and he looked like a totally different batter. Yeah, and but you Darvish has been inconsistent all year, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Rangers were willing to give him up. Beca- Maybe. Because he's been – Inconsistent, which is very uncharacteristic for him. Yes. You know, because he's really a dominant pitcher. He has been in the past. Yeah, he's been an ace. But I think he's going to have to reestablish himself. I agree. Because and I don't know if Los Angeles is the place to do that. I don't think that he can do it after after coming out stinking to join up two games like that. I don't think they can forgive you in a la la. Maybe. You winning, think they can forgive winning, him? Winning forgives a lot. Now, uh, you got to give him an opportunity. I don't think that's what give I mean. An opportunity. Now, Andre Ethier's out. Unbelievable. Got to see Andre Ethier's last at bat as a Dodger, and you know what he did? He got a clutch knock and scored a run because that's what professional hitters do. He had a great – watching Andre Ethier in game seven was the antithesis of watching all the young guys the whole series because he got up with a runner on second base. I think his runner's on first and second. Andre Ethier got up, and they tried to get him out with the low and inside breaking ball, and he just watched it like, what am I going to do with that? That's yeah, not that's, me. That's not a strike. That's not a strike. I don't need to swing at that. And then he worked the count to his favor. I think it was a 2-1 count or a 3-1 count. And he got a base hit through the 3-4 hole. It got so bad with Cody Bellinger that he just literally started taking – he just started swinging over the curveball over the plate. And uh, and his whole lower half was out of whack. Yes, and he, he was just a would swing with his arm swing. It yeah. was a total little league swing. I mean, he has to go back and look at that and be really – I wonder if he's going to be discouraged because yeah, – because the whole season, next season – That's all he's going to get. That's all he's going to get. Until, they, until he proves he can do otherwise. And also, I don't know if Jock Peterson is actually willing to go the other way like he did for his success Obviously, not. he's not because he's been up for, what, two or three years and he hasn't done it. So he, he just had a good streak like he does because he's a streak hitter. He did it, and now he probably is going to reap the benefits of that. Yeah. But – I would get rid of Jock Peterson too. I would get rid of Jock Peterson. I would. You have to clean house in a you sense. You say the foundation stays with Puig, Taylor, Turner, Bellinger, 
Seeger, you never get rid of Corey Seeger. That uh-huh. kid is he he has the potential to be one of the all time greats. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I really like what Austin Barnes did at catcher. Yeah, I like I'd probably Austin get Barnes. rid of Yasmani. Yeah. Um, the pitchers, I stay with Alex Wood because he showed me he was ready. Yeah. He showed up in a big situation. Yeah. I stay with Brandon Morrow. Obviously, you stay with Ken Lee. Brandon Morrow's a free agent. But I, 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 I bring him back. Cheese him up. You cheese him up. I actually stay with that whole bullpen core. I stay with Tony Watson, Chigrani. How about, about Bias? <laughs> Who's Bias? <laughs> I think you're biased. I don't think you're biased. Uh, no, Pedro Bias got to go. There's no doubt about that. That's like Pedro Strope on the Cubs. Got to yeah, go. Gotta I got to get go. you out of there. Um, and... And I'm trying to think who else. I actually wouldn't mind keeping Granderson. I don't know who else will, you know. But 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 that's the core, and then you got to make other moves. The team won too many games to not win the World Series. And and well, unlike the, Astros, the Yankees, but, unlike the Yankees, yeah, they were ahead of schedule. Yeah, and unlike because the problem is is they met up with another team that was actually right on schedule as well. Right. The problem with me with the Dodgers was that they. They had too many utility players playing in the field at one time, you know. So you would go with Kiki. It Hernandez. was what you said. Yeah. It was what you said. It was and what you said. It catches up to you. You have to have the position players playing their positions, and it's it's fine that you can use utility players sometimes. You have to plug and play, but you can't live there. I didn't even understand Jock Peterson not being in center field because I you agree. Know, you know he's a natural center fielder, and he he gives you a good center field. He does play a good center field. Yeah, and and he looked Chris, like he lost some weight. He looked does. like he looked like he actually got serious about his yeah. conditioning. And and Chris Taylor gave you a decent center field, but it, the dynamics are different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because even with George Springer, when they move George Springer and they bring in Cameron, Cameron Mabin. And guess what? George Springer goes to right. Yeah, and and George Springer is a right fielder. He can play center or right. And Cameron Mabin, and Cameron Mabin is, is a, a superior center fielder. Center fielder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. smart enough to say, hey, okay, George, move to right. And George is like, cool. Yeah. But, but it's not like me playing shortstop and then moving to left field. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So if you bring Curtis and Grandison in there and let him play his position, and let him go. He can't be any worse than most of those guys because I think the Dodgers' overall batting average was barely over two hundred. Dude, the one through four hitters in one eighty eight in from games two through six, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe midway through two through seven was one fifty. I don't know if, it, if somebody got a knock. So would you say that that's good pitching? I would say ah. they got shut down. Was, yeah. What was interesting was it was not good pitching by the bullpen, obviously, but no. it was good pitching by the starters. And AJ Hinch, I have to give him credit. And it was and it was poor adjustments. I felt I, I don't want to give them. I now you, now, you know you know who pitched well. There's Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander pitched well. Charlie Morton. I pitched Charlie well. Morton pitched well. And Lance pitched okay. Lance is getting like the the hero's welcome. I wasn't really overly impressed with Lance's he hit, work. He hit a lot of guys. He hit a lot of guys in games. He didn't get through three innings. Yeah, but that's all they needed. And what what I really liked about AJ Hinch because the Dodgers did the same thing. A.J. Hinch was like, okay, I'm going to bring horses out of the bullpen. And then we spoke about that because the, the Astros. all game element. Yeah, but the Astros have a better start pitching than the Rotation. Dodgers. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So they brought out Verlander. They're going to bring out Keiko. And they were going to bring out Charlie Morton. And then you had Lance McCullers. So Lance McCordens, he stuck it, he stunk it up for a few innings. Okay. Now all we need to do is keep him in the game. Then we come out with Charlie. Charlie's a problem, man. If you're going to close the game with Verlander and Keiko, this is a problem. It's a problem because Justin Verlander was out there warming up. Exactly, and Charlie Morton as was as was Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, and Charlie Morton was already shut shut down lights out. And Francisco Liriano actually got the job done. I thought that he would get the job. He came done. in yeah. and got the job, especially against those lefties. He gave it to Bellinger. Gave it to Bellinger. The double play ball, I think, or either that or just a hard. Striking out the out. first time, the first night they brought him in, and the which second was night cool. they had a ground out to yeah. second base. Yeah, which was game seven. And he's throwing ninety four, ninety five. He still got his gas, and you don't see him. You haven't seen him. You haven't so seen he's a him. problem.
I don't even think he threw the change. Well, up. his problem was is that yeah, no, it was gas. It was yeah. gas and slider. Problem was is that you know nobody saw him because he hasn't been playing. I would keep him. I would keep him and convert him as a middle or or, or closer, a closer or a middle reliever. They got to do something to close games. Ken Giles does not have it. Yeah, and Davinsky, I would keep Davinsky, and I would keep Brad Peacock, but then they need to implode. They need to get rid of the, that core group of guys that can't get the can't get the job done. They can't get the job done. They should really get rid of that Altuve guy. <laughs> should he come to the Dodgers? <laughs> he should come to the Dodgers. I think they can, they can no, figure we'll out, pass. They can figure out how to work him in on the Dodgers. We'll pass. <laughs> Altuve was big in the World Series, man. He couldn't come through in Game Six though. Made me lose my bet. What can you do? What but. Can? Uh yeah, so you know, wonderful season to Major League Baseball. Great Farewell, season. baseball. We we I just it's about 145 days until you come back to me, and I just can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit. I miss you, dude. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Already. Uh which leads us to the next point, which is still baseball, but it's somewhat football. You saw this statement that Vin Scully made about the NFL, which is to me, which is sad. If anybody in here, Vin Scully said that. He spent a year in the Navy. He never did anything. Uh, this, these were his words. He said, I never did anything, but I always respected anybody that, that put on the uniform. And because of these protests, I'll never watch an NFL game again, despite the fact that I loved watching the NFL in the fall and the winter. To me, I'm not surprised by this statement. It's, I think it's a little bit indicative of age. And I also think it's indicative of the powers that be, including the NFL owners, all the way to the top, to President Cheeto, who have successfully waged a propaganda campaign to make the protest about something different than what it was actually about. And even on the media, you see it. They constantly, like when they reported this story, they called it Vin Scully speaks out on anthem protest. Nobody's protesting the national anthem. Yeah. And nobody's protesting the military. And and, and, that's, and they've, they've successfully hijacked the message right. and changed it. And this was my the concern. The narrative has been completely changed. And this, is, this was my concern from the word go. And that's why I was telling you that before when I was like, man, this is this is I don't know where the win is because neither side can back down at this point. And now you have the the, the guy that owns Papa John's coming in talking reckless. And it's, it's just all it's all a big cluster duck now. It's all bad. And and what they have going is is a no win situation. And one of the main things that they need to do is have better football games. <laughs> that is, would help. Is, is because they had some good ones this weekend, though. They did, but the majority of them were not good. Yeah. The majority of the football games were not one possession games or anywhere near it. If you look at the football, you know, if you look at the football scores, you know, come on, man. I mean, Jacksonville beat the crap out of Cincinnati. They should. Cincinnati's terrible. New Orleans beats the crap out of Tampa Bay. The Rams beat the crap out of the Giants. The Eagles beat the crap out of Denver. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's just not a bunch parody of games. in the league. There's just not parity in the league. And even though I'm surprised that the Jets beat Buffalo uh, on Thursday. Um, but there was a couple good games. Uh, this week I was out. This weekend I was out in Washington, D.C. in the nation's capital uh, for a wonderful event called Fight Night D.C. And it's a fight night for the kids. It's for uh, to benefit underprivileged kids in the DMV area. It's a great event. One night a year they give a permit to smoke indoors, and it's basically a, a guy's night out with a whole bunch of wealthy people and their friends eating a lot of artery-clogging food and smoking a lot of cigars. Despite how that sounds, it turned out to be a great night, and uh, they also watched some MMA fighting in that. And I don't know how those fighters fight in those smoky rooms, but it is what it is. And so... Uh, it was it was a great event. I went out there and spoke to some diehard Redskins fans 
who have a very interesting take on the Kirk Cousins situation because they were speaking about how Cousins can't have the security to actually not feel like a one-night stand despite being paid $25 million a year, which leads to his up-and-down play. But this weekend, he came and pulled off a biggie. Yeah, but this is not even Kirk Cousins' fault. I mean, this is ridiculous. The, they won. I know. I'm just saying that the Redskins overall, because they don't have an offensive line. They don't have a running game. How are you going to blame that on Kirk Cousins? That's I, not. I ran into Vernon, by the way. Oh, did you? What did yeah. you know about? Busting up, talking about, you know, just talking about living and how he enjoys playing at home. Yeah, I'm sure of it. You know? Uh, yeah. He, He's he big time now, too. He's getting <laughs> He new always has of, been. Yeah, new lease on life, though. If they if, if you use him, he's always effective. He's and Kirk always Cousins been effective. Are using because Jordan Reed is already always hurt. Yeah, but the the problem is they don't have an offensive line. They don't have any top notch receivers. They the receivers that they did have, they got rid of. And I'm sick and tired of all these teams getting these number one quarterbacks and then don't give them any tools to work with. You got Cam Newton that's the same way. Russell Wilson doesn't have any help. Kirk Cousins doesn't have any help. And then you're like, oh, what's what's going on with these guys? They hike the ball and run for their lives. Those dudes are too big to stand out there and take hits like that. You can't do it. That's how guys are getting hurt. Yeah. Everybody's knee is twisted up. I was looking at the game. My knee got twisted. Oh, don't do it. Straighten it out. Go stretch. Namaste. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah, so so, what do you think about Seattle? The Seahawks? Yeah. They're not going anywhere. The defense is not what it used to be. Russell Wilson literally is out there by himself. When you play against a good team like Philadelphia, some Russell Wilson is clutch. But in the end, you're going to get overpowered, especially if a Kirk Cousins could beat you with nobody. Who did he have? I mean, literally, Doxon. I don't know. You have Vernon Davis. That's the only you know receiver literally out there. You're tight end, and that's at home. And that's at home. You have Chris they Thompson have the- running back. You have Rob Kelly, a running back. Neither of them are top-tier running backs, you don't have defense, you don't have an offensive line, and then you go and beat the Seattle Seahawks. So how can we take the Seahawks serious? Well, I mean, when you want to put it logically, <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a truth. Also ran into Terrell Suggs out there. Oh, really? Ran into T-Sizzle. Sizzle. <laughs> ran into Sizzle, the, the ballish co-star. And a, and a, uh, it was a, it was, you know, that was an interesting trip out there because I happened to be there in Washington at the game when LeBron put up 57. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the Raiders came through in Miami late. Yeah, are you impressed with that? You beat Jay Cutler. I mean, you act like he's a bad quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The Raiders are limping through. I, you know, I don't even cover the Raiders as much as I normally do because we're still going through our, pro- our domestic problem. <laughs> wow, uh, it's a bitter divorce. It's 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 sad. It's so sad. But yeah, but uh, you know. They got the job done. I I can't believe that Carr is playing with the you know through this fracture thing, despite what they say that it's healed. Yeah, and he's not playing well. Uh, Marshawn looked good yesterday though. Actually, he, he like he, I said against the the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they're just not the disciplined team. Right. Um, because they've been shutting Marshawn down, and you know, honestly, nobody could be mad at Marshawn Lynch. He was slowing down when he left. And you can't expect that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now everybody thought that he was going to come back and be beast mode from er- the earlier days when he yeah, was in yeah. Seattle. It's not going to happen. It's over. That's not how football works. Yeah, that's not how football works. Just running backs get old overnight. And what do you think is going on with your Atlanta Falcons that you love so much? You know, I, where is Julio? Bad. I mean, they lost their offensive coordinator, and they lost the offensive coordinator, which is, seems to be really big, right? Seems like it changes everything. Yeah, and they haven't been able to overcome that. You need the right personnel with the right system. Yes. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get the job. They're not using Devonta Freeman the right way. They're not using Tevin Coleman. Julio is – I don't even – I think Julio has one touchdown. 
That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. The guy has proven himself to be unstoppable over and over and over so again. So that means that you have a lot of bad play calling out there. And there's a lot of violence in the league. And well, not there's just always on the been field. a lot of violence. No, but what about this Tampa Bay New Orleans game? What about this situation? I mean, this is this is, you know, I mean, it's so easy already to get hurt in the NFL. And then when you start adding these other extracurriculars, mm-hmm. I saw something hilarious on one of the one of the, the handles that was talking about how the only thing to explain the Cincinnati scenario is that Avante's <laughs> and, and, and him switch bodies or something <laughs> like that. You start adding these other elements, guys actually tackling, neck tackling guys during the play and so on and so forth. Eventually, somebody's going to actually get really hurt. Yeah, but they have on helmets. Let them do it, dude. Wow. Tell me how you really feel. That's AJ terrible. Green was swinging on the helmet. I was like, wow. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're going to break your hand, dude. What are you doing? But they're aggressive. They're violent. And AJ Green, those guys, he wants to win. You got him out there in a bad situation. AJ Green is not going to stay out there and keep on losing and act like and it's cool. Be, yeah, yeah. And be cool with it. I'm going to lose it eventually. Your man pushed him. He did. <laughs> Don't push me because I'm. <laughs> yeah. And in, a, and, in a, and in a victory that was much needed. The Dallas Cowboys came through and beat the crap out of Terry's Kansas City Chiefs. Terrible. What happened? What, 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 what's going on with your man, Andy Reid? He's giving you classic Reid. I have a number three, Reed. please. Oh, oh, you want a classic Reid? You want a mismanagement <laughs> of my personnel? Yes. All right. How about this time we're going to give you, you want an, oh, you don't want a number one, which is, I'll lose it late. You want me to lose it early. Okay, no problem. Terrible work, man. Come on. You're not giving the kid the ball. Kareem Hunt has not been getting the ball, and now we're paying for it. You can't. You, he has to have the ball more than nine carries. You depended on Travis Kelsey. Okay, your receivers got hurt. You have to depend on Mike Conley. You have to write. To, uh, Mike Conley's out. You have Tariq Hill, but you're not getting him the ball. Yeah. Tariq shows you that when he touches the ball, things happen. Things happen, and Kareem uh, Hunt is the same way because same when things way. when when he touches the ball, things happen for Tariq Hill. <laughs> but you have to tighten up that defense. The defense is terrible. De- De- yeah, defense is. Like, literally terrible. So, basically, the only way that they're going to win is having shootouts. And you just ran into a team that actually committed to the run, which was the Dallas Cowboys. They committed to Ezekiel Elliott, putting it on them, sure and he did. put it on. As he did what he Because did the work. Dallas Cowboys really don't have that many receivers. You have Des Bryant, who, who can't separate anymore. Right, he just got great hands. Yeah, and you have ter- and he dropped the ball a couple of times last night. And you got Terrence Williams, who showed out yet- yesterday, which is very rare. Right. Cole Beasley. I mean, come on, man. Now, I um, I want to take a minute and go detour because we're in Dallas. I mean, people, we got to get our lives together because this situation in Texas is terrible. Absolutely stone-cold terrible. And in real life, if this would have been a, a Muslim person or a person of color, we all know that the, the, the call of the day would have been to bring out a, a ban make a wall or to do something to this. Active terrorism the, that they the, never call the, 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 it. Yeah, yeah, and now we're calling it something different. But ultimately, the reason I bring it up is we got to make better people in America. We need to create better people in general, myself included, everybody, because for individuals to want to shoot up a church, there's something very, very wrong and not just with that person. Because the chain effect, the chain reaction effect of what's supposed to happen when somebody shoots up people peacefully uh, worshiping is something different than what does happen. Because what does happen is a cycle of outcry, thoughts and prayers, and silence. And nothing changes. We don't change the mental health approach. We don't change the laws about guns. 
is there really a good reason to have an AR-15 in general if you're not in the military? Well, we have the Second Amendment that gives you the right to bear arms. Yeah, but is there a reason to have the AR-15? That's all I want to know. Not that you definitely have the right to bear arms. I just don't know if there's a, if there's a need to have a, a weapon of mass destruction, if you will, which obviously consistently falls into the hands of people who are willing to do it. There's well, a, but there's, you have there's to... a self-control issue that's going on right. is what I'm getting at. Yeah, because even if you have an AR-15 or if you have a 22, it doesn't matter because if somebody wants to do wrong, they're going to do wrong. They're going to do and, wrong, and but, the, those... but the amount of wrong that they do could be limited. Yeah, I just have a different opinion about the gun control thing because I don't feel like everybody should run and hide if you can... We are Americans, and we know how to fight back. So we can't. Everybody can't run and hide. Well, it's interesting because ultimately, that's what they're. You know, they haven't released the information about this. Uh, the the whether the guy died of a self inflicted gunshot wound or wound that some a, a bystander saw and popped him with a rifle from right. a distance. You know, I'm I'm always suspect because I feel like we never get all the answers. We never get all yeah. the we we never get all the facts. Not all the answers. We never get all the facts, and that always makes me you know hesitant to speak on it. But I know that you just can't keep having people being killed in public endlessly without any sort of change. Especially when you're just going to a non-peaceful event. Uh, I mean, a peaceful yeah, event. Yeah, I and, know what you mean. And you're you just going somewhere just to have a good time, and then all of a sudden something breaks out Something like breaks this. out. So now everywhere you go, you have to have an exit strategy pretty much. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't never know who's going to do what, when they're going to do it, where they're going to do it. I just came here to have a good time, man. I came, came here to a, a concert. Time. I went to church, and, you know, I'm walking down the street. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Really, really tough stuff. Um, yeah, really sad. Thoughts and prayers do go out to the people uh, of and Texas. That's ridiculous. 20-something people? Thir- almost 30 people, and that's dead. That's yeah. not even just the injured. That's that's almost 30 people dead. And, uh, yeah. But back to football. How about them Rams? How about it's them Rams? Time. <laughs> it's Ram time. It's Ram time. And Jeff Fisher clearly couldn't get it done. Is a loser. And now, I mean, geez, poor salt in the wound, why don't you? <laughs> and now they figured out how to make uh they figured out how to make that team work. And this kid Jared Goff is being who he's supposed to be. Yeah, because you brought in that guy from the Redskins, right? McVeigh, who's a young guy who has a fresh approach, who can actually relate to these kids, who brought I think in he's a, only thirty four. Yeah, brought in brought in an offensive coordinator, work with this kid and get him together. He was the number one draft pick, and you for some reason, Jeff Fisher, meaning Jeff Fisher, decided that this kid wasn't prepared. And I don't understand what happened. Why is it that now he can come into the games and he can produce? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. They have one of the best offenses in football. They put up 51? They put up 51. 51 is hard to put up in football no matter who you're playing against. Even on the video game. <laughs> it's almost impossible on the video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a This is a very interesting... This is a very interesting concept that they're, you know, that 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 it was possibly one man who was holding the team back, and that one man was the leader of the team. <laughs> was the head coach. Unbelievable. But you know he had But it's his- good, though, because now actually L.A. has some football and they have some people to root for, which is very, very important. Right. Because very, the if Chargers gonna, aren't up to code. If, not, no, not at this point. Even though the experience is when you go to the game, but the Chargers themselves are not up to code. Yeah, that's a whole thing. That's a whole other issue about, you know, Philip Rivers getting old, the team is, and the coach doesn't look like he's that good. Their game plan, they don't have one. <laughs> they say Teddy Bridgewater's coming back. Yeah, they need him bad, too. Yeah, they do. They have, they were a serious team when he was behind the snap. But they were talking about he needs to earn his job back. That is ridiculous. 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 It's football. 
football, I'm done with you. Go shut down Jameis Winston with his shoulder because I made a bad decision and started him over Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> and Tyrod Taylor put up 46 and Jameis put up 6. Tyrod put up 46 this week. Tyrod put up 46.20 and I ended up losing my game by about 7 points like a dummy. Wow. Yeah. How about them apples? And they kept saying that Jameis was questionable, but I didn't think you know how you know how it is in football. They they just call people questionable, and you don't know if that means that they can't go or you know what I mean. No, questionable usually means that they're going to play. Exactly. So I put him in the game, and he did play, but he just played terribly. So that didn't help the cause. Wow. That, that, there was no pause for the cause. <laughs> so also, what went down this weekend was. Uh, now I didn't I didn't watch. Did you watch any of the UFC fights this weekend? No, I didn't, honestly. You know what everybody is saying? Everybody's saying that literally this was the best UFC card ever created. Really? Forty six point ninety for Tyrod, sorry, not forty six point twenty. Yeah, um yeah. They said they're saying that this card this last weekend with George Saint Pierre, who came back after a four year hiatus, uh and won. That was the. They were all upsets. Everybody on the card got upset, and everybody was uh, that was the 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 champ was talking crazy about how they were going to bust heads and blah 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 blah. They went out there and got served. I saw somebody get put in that sleeper hold. And what I saw on the boxing side with the ones and twos was murder. You saw murder. Let's listen to what the champ had to say. Champion Deontay Taylor, also known as the Bronze. <laughs> sorry, Deontay Wilder, also known as the Bronze Bomber, who was on the Ozone last week, on tour, just to tell everybody that he was going to put in work and that he wanted something after that. After he made Bermaine Stivern do the Get Low Challenge, because these memes are hilarious that they have of Bermaine looking like he's doing the limbo <laughs> stick, which is terrible. The dude was bent back. He was oh contorted. That, that, like, I, that I don't must know have, what. That had to tear something in his knees. It, what does it matter? Jeez, the guy's got to have bad knees after he gets knocked out. You're he didn't real come jerk in, today. He didn't come in prepared, man. You got to come in prepared. You can't go in there and fight the heavyweight champ not prepared. And out of shape. I mean, completely out of shape. He threw I, what I saw. He threw one punch. The official stat was four punches that he threw. <laughs> I don't I you know how many he landed. Zero. Zero. How do you go into a fight and throw four punches in any round? Well, to his credit, he only had 90 seconds. Or so. <laughs> that was the 90 seconds that he brought on himself. Yeah, he, actually, he, had, he actually had three minutes. He only had three minutes because it was he the He brought end of it the on himself. He's got to throw punches in bunches. Deontay was playing games with him out there. Deontay was playing games with him. Man, you can't do that with anybody else. Let me tell you something. It seemed as though Deontay thought about what you had said about snapping that jab it because his it jab overtime. was so crisp. Extra crispy. Oh, we fried hard. <laughs> He snapped that jab. Oh, man. I like mine extra crispy. No problem. Here you go, dub. (laughs) (laughs) Snapped him up. Let's hear what he had to say after the dub. Waiting on that fight for a long time now. Me versus A. Juice and (laughs) J. Listen, mate. (laughs) I I declare war upon you. Do you accept my challenge? Are you still going to squat as you piss? I've been waiting for a long time, baby. I know I'm the champion. I know I'm the best. Do you is you up for the test? Oh, is you up for the test from the best? <laughs> We're wow. gonna see. Well, we are gonna see. Now, I had, I, there was somebody else. Uh, our friends over at Round by Round Boxing caught in the crowd, which was totally and completely unacceptable. And I don't know if you saw this. Listen, take a listen. Hey, Walter, I'm here. I'm here for you. You want to see me? I am the champion. 
You know. You know who that was? Who? King Kong Ortiz. In the crowd watching the fight. Talking about Why? Wild, we're talking about I'm here for you. Man, oh, yeah. out of here. <laughs> are you kidding me? What, what is a, he doing? What a bum. But what are you what are you doing? What are you doing out there trying to call out anybody? You got caught. You're the reason Stiverne is in there. <laughs> Stiverne should be looking for you. <laughs> Seriously. You did that to Stiverne. <laughs> you did that to Stiverne. Didn't have enough time to Ain't prepare. Enough time. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him that work. Yeah, he didn't have enough time. <laughs> he gave it to him. Wait a minute. We fight next week? <laughs> oh, man. Can we get pushed back? <laughs> no, duh. <laughs> Okay. I mean, Stiverne gave him a great fight in the first fight. He didn't give him a great fight this fight. He gave him no fight. I mean, what what game plan is that that you go out there and just stand in front of the heavyweight champ and take ones and twos? That's called mud. <laughs> it was close to it. <laughs> the first one and two set looked like that. I'm going to put him through the ropes. Oh, my goodness. That one, th- those ones and twos were so sweet. And then sweet. he got up with this stupid smirk on his face like, <laughs> like that ain't no hurt. big deal. <laughs> that ain't no big deal. Like, okay. How about these? He wound these? up. I just felt like it's bad for um for it's Deontay. It's bad for Deontay because, because he, he, once again he didn't get any work. He didn't get any work and then it made him have poor discipline, poor, you know, the wide punches and everything else. He did what he was supposed to do yeah, but yeah. but he didn't, it was no threat for to him, you know. It was just no, he from was the word there. go. Yeah. He came out and did his work and there was he no threat. To, yeah, what he came out there to see was what he was going to do. Stevern just stood out there and he was like, "Oh, okay, is this what we're doing?" Yeah. And 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 Eddie Hearn uh Eddie Hearn, who is Anthony Joshua's promoter, said, I shouldn't really tell you the reply, but it was, I'll eat him. And the size difference is huge. This is apparently what Joshua said about fighting Wilder. I don't necessarily think that that sort of size difference helps you, personally. But being 260 versus being 220, a very athletic 220, as Jimmy Lennon Jr. said, a very game-ready 220-pound champion at 6'7 is a problem. You can see that he's like the better athlete. I just don't know. I'm up in the air. I think the Anthony Joshua could beat him just because I want to see him. He's he doesn't get that much work. That's this is a problem. But when he has gotten work, I have to say he's shown that he's game. Now, now this is going to be a fight for the ages if they actually fight. And if they don't fight, the truth of the matter is you can't blame that on Deontay Wilder. The young man has come out on our show and everywhere else who will listen and said, listen, if we got to fight in the U.K., I'll go fight in the U.K. If we got to fight in Vegas, we fight in Vegas. If we got to fight in the alley, we got to fight on the moon, I'm there. I don't know why anybody would fight in Vegas, honestly. I agree. But just because they offer the most money. That's all it is. But you can get the same amount of money, if not more, by going to Dallas, by going to. But they don't. Apparently, the way that the posting fees and all that stuff works, it doesn't go like that. The, 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 I'm sure they, the they would make adjustments Clark for Clark County you. actually invites, you know, they, they bid and they guarantee certain purses because they know how many people are going to come to Vegas to gamble for the fights. And other cities basically don't have that kind of, uh, you know, they don't have that kind of a draw to really, to, to really do that. And then you end up with murder on the scorecards <laughs> because the scorecards don't act right. Scorecards ain't right. They play a lot. They play a lot in Las Vegas. So, yeah, that's what uh, this is where we are in the game. And then our man fought this weekend. Now, how'd you feel about that Sean Porter, Adrian Granados fight? I feel like Sean Porter came out and pushed the issue and did his thing, but I felt like he it was a hit. unanimous decision 117, yeah. 111. Broke his hand, but it looked like he was just getting hit a little bit too much. And that Granado kid was out of line talking about, you know, I won the fight. Come oh, on, man. man. You didn't win the fight. Now, he won the fight against Broner, which yeah. was, and another thing that this fight 
showed was that Broner actually was that bad. Yeah. And not that, that you know, Sean beat up Adrian, mm-hmm. but also got hit. And then Granados beat up Adrian, but they cheated Granados yeah, in that fight. They did. And and now Sean beat up Adrian. I'm sorry. Uh, Granados. Yeah, Adrian Granados. His name mm-hmm. is Adrian as well. He beat up Granados. And... Uh, I don't know where he goes from here because Sean is a guy that nobody wants to fight for that exact reason. He's going to bring the fight to you. He's a problem. He's a problem. Um, but there are guys in this 47 category that also, if you're willing to get hit, are can make it a short night on you. I mean, Sean, Sean I, I honestly don't know if he can beat Keith Thurman right now with the way that he fought that fight last night. He came And forward. Keith put something up on the gram and was like, hey, good luck tonight, Sean. Hopefully we can run him back. Yeah. He said, depending on how you do, maybe we need to run him back. Now, one thing that I think would be interesting is to see if Terrence Crawford would actually want to fight Sean as his first 147 fight. Why not? Uh, this is what I'm saying. Because Terrence Crawford is actually a very accurate puncher. But I I think that Sean would do well. I think Sean well. would overwhelm, overwhelm I, that's him. I think I think Sean would do well with the pressure. Uh huh. I think he would eventually overwhelm him. But I don't know how much juice uh, his punches are going to translate going up to forty seven, because I don't know if he has enough. Now the guys that I don't necessarily think are a good matchup for a guy moving forward like Sean is Earl Spence. I don't think is a great matchup for him. I truthfully don't think Earl Spence is a great matchup for anybody that's out there in forty seven. Um, because he's game, he's game ready. Well, Sean's got a great chin. Sean's a great athlete, and he's got a lot of heart. So I think that he'd give anybody a problem. And I no think, doubt about that. I think that he'd give Earl Spence the, the pressure that he applies is what's awesome, and he has a crazy conditioning. Yes, the only thing that I'd say about him is that he just gets hits a little bit too much for him. He gets hit a little bit too much, right? You know, and and that's what. And I wonder if he's if that's just like in this scenario, if he says, you know what, I have no respect for Granados, I have no respect for Adrian Broner, right? I'm willing to get hit. And once I tasted Keith Thurman's power, you know what? I, I'm willing to get hit. I wonder if then if he tastes somebody with crazy power, if he then changes his approach. Because the only person that I've seen the entire his entire career that mitigates that pressure was Kell Brook. Mm-hmm. And I was at the fight, and Kell Brook stood tall and popped a jab, and it caused him a serious problem. Kell Brook could have beat him if he didn't have an injured eye, I do believe. But once Could have beat um, uh, Earl Spence? Earl Spence, yeah. That's my bad. Yeah, he could have beat Earl Spence. He had him. And it's just that his eye socket wasn't healed. I mean That was a great fight. That was a great I need fight. To watch that fight again. Yeah. But if he if he would have been healed properly, he could have came back and I do believe he would have beat Earl Spence. Earl Spence was in trouble. Yeah. There was a couple times and I mean that was a war of attrition that one, and then his yeah. body let him down. Once again, an effect of fighting Gennady Golovkin. It's a very similar to the Manny Pacquiao effect that we see, you know, that that uh that that happens. You see that Tom's trying to make that fight happen. They're saying that, you know, Canelo might not want to fight him again. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just saw a report on boxing scene, I do believe, the other day. And uh, let me know, please. Yeah, let me let me pull that puppy up. Pull that puppy up. Our man is fighting this Saturday on HBO Boxing. I'm really excited to see him back in the ring. And that's Daniel Jacobs versus Luis Arias. And uh, I think uh, Luis Arias is in for a, a, a rough fight um, because Daniel's got some security now fighting with Eddie Hearn in match, uh, matchroom boxing. And he's on HBO, and his last fight was against Gennady, and I actually think he took the right amount of time to heal up because that was back in March, and now we're talking about November where the fight is coming up. It's a solid work. Right, so Tom said that there's no hard deadline, but at some point we have to confirm other options if it looks like Canelo doesn't want to get in the ring with Triple G again. 
He told Sky Sports, the Canelo rematch is the biggest fight in the sports boxing and the priority for Triple G. I'm in regular contact with Golden Boy to see if we can make the fight that the fans are demanding to see. And at the same time, Loeffler is not going to place Golovkin's career on hold. Golovkin only fought twice in 2017 and 2016 and wasn't happy about that. As he likes, he to, loves to fight. Uh-huh, as, as we he know. likes to fight at least three to four times a year. <laughs> as he tell you, man, I just want to get in there. He, he after the fight, the champ wants to fight some more. And this is when we were both talking to him after the Danny Jacobs fight and after the Canelo fight. Yes. And Canelo hit him hard a couple times. Yeah, Danny hit him harder. harder. Yeah. yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. just enjoys the he enjoys to mix it up. The man, ones and twos. Man, man, man. Yeah, bruh. it's going down. You got anything else you want to cover? You want to talk about <laughs> leading the league? Let me tell you something. I was at that. I was at that game. LeBron James, man, the supernova, the supernova. I was out there, and honestly, for one, I didn't even recognize Derrick Rose first and foremost. Really? Why not? Out there. Just physically, you didn't. He didn't. It, like he looked different. He's got the the small braids, you know. Mm-hmm. But secondly. Derrick Rose put up nice numbers. I looked up and I was like, huh, Derrick Rose got 20 and, 20 and 4, 20 he and 5. He always puts up like sneaky that. nice numbers. But LeBron James, I looked up and I said, dang, LeBron's got 42. Then I looked up and I was like, wow, LeBron's got 49? <laughs> oh my goodness, he got 55? It was like watching a video game. And this is sort of like the blessing and the curse for him because you know that he can probably do that night in and night out. And then the next night they lose to Atlanta. Yeah, because he lets up a little bit and he's trying to get his team involved. And those guys don't produce, and then he's the one that's left holding the bag because he didn't do what he did last the other night by scoring fifty something points. Wow! It's not his job to score fifty something points every night. You have a team. The team is supposed to. Everybody's supposed to pull their position, right? Well, and I think that right now there's a little extra stress on because Isaiah Thomas isn't there, so there's more on him. I'm sure Derrick Rose is trying to figure out the right balance of shot taking and versus distribution through Glauber, so that they can figure out what's what. But, uh, you know, I still – I don't even feel the need to speak on the NBA much. It's not It's not time to panic. Everything is really, really early. I think the number one thing that we can speak on is the emergence of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo as arguably the best player in basketball that's not named LeBron James. Right. Kevin Durant is not giving you the Durant yet. And, so and, 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 to- and he will. But, see, this is what I feel like they need to fix in basketball is that you know, and, and we're talking about two guys who love a, a sport with the most games out of any professional sports. And there's 81 games in basketball versus 100 and double the amount of games in baseball. But I don't know people who really care like that about basketball right now because everybody feels the same way. Everybody feels like when we get down to May, it's going to come down to the Warriors and the Cavs. Yeah. And there's going to be some exciting series in between Boston there, between and, you know. Boston and Washington and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately... Who's going to stop those two teams? And really, the Warriors are separating themselves far and away this go around. It seems like well, they struggled a little bit, though. You they know? struggled, but then in the games, it, it's it's like uh, then when the games that are going that they decide that they're the Warriors, they're completely on. The, the, it's there's no parity there. What do you what do you have a super team? There's not supposed to be parity. You have like five starters that are literally above, well above average. Well above average, and you're talking. HOF. There's no other team that really has five about, starters that are you know that's literally above above board like that. We're talking about Hall of Fame. Oh, you know, I wanted to cover this thing with Primetime and Tony Romo. What'd you think about this? Let's play this exchange. See, Tony, I, I tried my best to take the high road, but I don't know. I don't know the address to the high road, <laughs> so I got to come at you, man. You, 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 ten years as a starter, you're two and four. 
in the playoffs. Oh, no. You ain't won nothing. <laughs> I tried to bury the hatchet. Both of us work for CBS. I went and shook your hand and say, Tony, you're doing a great job this year. I thought that would be it. But nevertheless, you keep on shooting at me. <laughs> Tony, what's going on, man? I got a gold jacket that I didn't buy. <laughs> Dak says hi. <laughs> <laughs> and bye. Tony, leave me alone, man. I got a lot of ammunition, man. How many interceptions? How many interceptions? 19 and 2012? Come on, man. You threw to everybody but me. <laughs> Tony, come on, man. You know you never won the big one. You know you never won the big one. So stop, man. Leave me alone. I tried to take the high road, but I don't know the address. Oh, man. Tony Romo. You might want to keep it quiet with pride. Because if he can't do nothing else, he can talk some head. He can talk some head, although he wasn't a great tackler. But, <laughs> but I don't understand when Tony Romo can come out and talk about anybody. I agree. Tony and Romo, I think I think that's I think that's Deion Sanders' yeah, point. Like, you can't talk about nobody. Yeah. Tony Romo was definitely, he should definitely have been out of a Cowboys uniform for uh, at least three, two years before at that. At least that. Come on, man. Yeah. He should have been out of the league. Yeah. And just because of. Well, he could have been a backup. Being I could be a backup. Let him be a backup. Yeah. He was a backup. He was a backup for Dak. And wow. he didn't want to take that. I mean, so, but it's it's ridiculous that Tony Romo would come out and blast any, you know, he's got to come up with a better analogy or something because trying to roast Prime and he's in the Hall of Fame, they ain't going to work. And everybody knows Prime's body of work is immaculate. His skills were extraordinary. <laughs> the only thing that he didn't do was tackle. Really? Yeah. yeah. Outside of that. But most of the time, nobody was, because I was they didn't throw to his side. Most of the time, who, who Prime need to tackle? He shuts down that side of the field, man. Nobody even looks that way. Man. Except for Dan Marino. <laughs> Who didn't care. Who Just didn't kept care. running it. Yeah. But that's one guy out of the whole league. You got any any uh nicks and notes you want to add? No, not that's a, that sounds like that's pretty thorough, right? Thorough Bailey. It's a it's a thorough show. Didn't have any callers. I know Cowboy Kev was itching, chomping at the bit Why to try to get him? on and, and speak about them cowboys. Cowboys, baby. Well, I'm gonna have to leave you if that's the case. Oh, you know what? We have Yasiel Puig getting robbed. Again. Yeah. I mean, Yasiel Puig stays getting robbed. <laughs> and you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, honestly, it's beyond just that normal celebrity robbery shot. I'm thinking it's some of that some stuff. Some of his homeboys? Well, no. I'm thinking it's some of that stuff that they've been talking about, uh, the stuff they've been talking about with him and the smuggler that got him over. You know, there was a big, there yeah, was a yeah, big yeah, yeah. controversy I didn't even think about, that. about that story. And, yeah, true you know, story. and that was supposed to be part of the problems he was having down in uh, Miami and the you know and the whole thing. Especially since he got that dude busted out and that dude, the, you think this payback some some form of fashion. He said he's got too much money anyway. It doesn't matter. He's got too much money. <laughs> I ain't mad at Puig. Yeah. Yeah, Puig living good. He got to talk crazy. You know, that's part of the deal. But you don't want people just running in your house. Yeah, he's in the world. He's playing the World Series, somebody in his house. And that's the last thing he needs to think of because he got to figure out how to get the cheese. You know? You it's know. A, it's, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Yeah, but that's all we got, folks. This has been the Ozone for you. We're going to leave you with a quote about patience. Impatience is the root of all your problems. You cannot force life to give you answers. You must let them unfold before you. I'm your host, Omar Miller. Thanks for rocking with us. We'll see you soon on the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.